Welcome to Conversations Kill, this is Aaron. This is Chase. And we are without Kyle today. Uh, we decided to do a, a kind of an extra bonus episode or however you want to, whatever you want to call it, but uh, Kyle couldn't make it, so he is uh, in our thoughts and prayers mm-hmm. with Kyle. Well, at least one of those, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, so we decided to get together and discuss some of the events over the weekend that happened in Charlottesville, Virginia. And yeah, so it was, uh, wasn't nearly as dark and depressing as I thought it could go. Yeah. So yeah. Reined it in. Yeah. Enough. Especially with you and your candles and no light, (laughs) like your, your mood lighting here. Uh, so yeah, so we discussed Charlottesville what happened, the events that happened, and our thoughts on uh, generally what's going on in the world and specifically how it relates to those two groups that were, that were fighting. Um, and I say two groups, but obviously there were more than just two. But, um, yeah, so, so we discussed some of that. Uh, you're going to hear some, uh, I don't know, some... Some thoughts, deep thoughts on stuff, I guess. Not from me, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Trying to get specific in some areas and then maybe more general and... Yeah. Uh, whether it's scientific or philosophical or political, so... Yep. Uh, what you won't hear is any kind of uh, bending over backwards to make sure that you don't know or that you do know that we're against Nazis. Uh to put it how Tom Woods put it, we assume that uh, we don't assume that you're guilty until proven innocent, and so we'd like everybody listening to do the same about us. Is that mm-hmm. fair enough to say? I would hope so. I would hope so. Fact, hopefully, I mean, hopefully this isn't the very first yeah <laughs> episode of ours you're hearing. You have some, some context. Maybe hopefully. it is your first episode, but you'll get a uh, a taste. Crash course. I'm trying to go for yeah. Crash course on our thoughts on race. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was a different ep- episode for sure. Harking back to uh, the times before we had Kyle and our uh, comedic relief here. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was enjoyable. So hopefully you get something out of it. I know I did. And, and apparently Mother Nature did too. That was, uh, Hell of a thunder, that was pretty close. Yeah, we get some good storms out this way. Yeah, I gotta drive home in it, and now we can hear uh, Brenya. She's not too happy. <laughs> cool. Well, you guys be good. Uh, enjoy the episode, and hug somebody and crack a beer. Amen. out of the beer, but I guess I can make this one last a little while to so go get another one. I can do a filibuster. Filibuster, yeah. yeah. Send it for you. <laughs> uh, so we are drinking Against the Grains Citra Ass Down Double IPA. Uh, it's a double IPA with citrus, apparently, according to the... Uh, oh, no, 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 yeah, sorry. Citra, citra hops. hops. Yep. Yeah. yep, yep, yep. 8.2% alcohol, and yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's just bad. a mellow 
mellow double IPA. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize when I bought it that against against the grain is the brewery doing the brown note. And they've got some other <laughs> funny names too, but yeah, this is the only one I think I've had by them. Yeah, it was the. Uh, I don't think it's supposed to be Castro on there, but it's like Castro yeah. looking guy riding <laughs> an ostrich. Is that? I think he's with a be- mohawk. I think he's beating the ostrich. I don't know. Uh, hitting the thing. Uh, it's hard to see because we're... He's got one of those uh, ball spikes. Yeah. And a bunch of tattoos and, uh, and arrows through everything. So I, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> it is really weird. I guess they just gone, they've gone through some more or something. They're like, bring Jim in here to do the artwork. He's good at mowing the yard. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny shit, though. Yeah. So let's chat a little bit, huh? Want to discuss? Uh, I guess at this point we will have done a setup and introduction, so we could kind of just jump into it, I guess. Uh, so yeah, we're missing one today because we kind of decided to do a bonus episode. We've been so slack on on the episodes lately, anyways, and mm-hmm. there are quite a few events over the weekend that we figured it'd be a good good time to have a discussion. So. Uh, so Kyle couldn't make it tonight, but uh, we're going to try and get through this without him. So the, everybody's turning off now. <laughs> like, that's going to be super depressing. <laughs> we don't have our uh, comedic relief, so we'll just have to make a few yeah, dig jokes. Do, uh, turn the lights down extra low and light some candles and hope that'll offset the uh, the mood, calm it down a bit. I don't No, I think it's going to make it worse. <laughs> I, I didn't think about that when I said, yeah, let's leave the lights <laughs> off. Uh, lights off and the candles lit. It's going to make the existentialism, like, <laughs> it's going to magnify it. It's as dark in here as it is in my heart. Mm-hmm. So over the weekend in Charlottesville, Virginia, I'm sure everybody's heard by now, but uh, there was there were some insane events that took place. Uh, it started off Friday with what was supposed to be a Unite the Right uh, rally. Actually, the rally wasn't even started Friday. Um, it was supposed to happen Saturday. And Friday night, a whole bunch of torch-wielding, uh, tiki torch-wielding uh, crackers decided to have a little torch march, they called it. And uh, and they went up to, I don't know, they you know walked through the town and, and ended up at the statue. We should, I guess I should say that Part of the protest and the event that was planned for Saturday was specifically about them taking down a statue of Robert E. Lee, or that's the claim, I guess. Um, so, yeah, so Friday night they they took torches through the town and chanted things like White Lives Matter, and then that changed uh, into uh, You Will Not Replace Us, which changed into Jews Will Not Replace Us, and I'm sure various other things uh there were various other chants and stuff i think i did see one woman in the crowd and the uh <laughs> she was carrying a tiki torch i assume she was with her husband or yeah, trying to modernize so yes um improve the uh, public image there right so. <laughs> white supremacists don't have a very good public image so they're trying to appeal <laughs> to the female market um but god yeah uh, yeah that's one woman for like 200 dudes 
not doing great in that mm-hmm. department. Um, so ended up uh, at the statue Friday night. There was some kind of uh, ruckus uh, at the statue. Couldn't really tell what it was, but just kind of looked like people slamming into each other or whatever. Apparently a few people got maced. So there were some counter-protesters Friday night. Then Saturday, uh, the, the the actual day of the um, the event, they met up ahead of time for this Unite Their Right thing, uh, which included again uh, all kind all the torch wielding dudes, but it sounded like a bunch of other people uh, from different groups. So I, you know, we watched the the uh, Vice News documentary on it, which was really quick to get out and. Um, really it's good most vice news stuff is is pretty good and and well done at least uh but they uh they didn't show that kessler guy kessler was the one who did the unite the right he set that up Mm -hmm. but i didn't see him at the torch rally or the torch yeah they just had his little speech you know uh yeah so i don't don't know that i chased him off or whatnot yeah yeah i don't know that the friday night thing was connected obviously it was connected and you know uh by who was involved but i don't think it was officially part of the same group so whatever it doesn't matter they're all nazis and shit uh so saturday his group unite the right actually started meeting up along with all the other previous guys torches and a bunch of other white separatists and all kinds of stuff and they met up and so did the uh the counter-protesters, which consisted of um, decent people and Black Lives Matter and Antifa, and sure, there could be decent people throughout all of those. And and obviously people from the college, it looks like. Yeah. Um, So uh, I guess there were a couple of fights that broke out. Same dude, which, yeah, I should mention his name, Chris Cantwell, who's kind of a libertarian guy, been around for a while, and... I had no idea he was that far, far gone. Um, I knew he was kind of crazy. A lot of libertarians mm-hmm. wrote him off and have, have fought with him, and now I know why. Um, thankfully, they were they were kind of uh, trying to get rid of the the crazy people. Um, but uh, yeah, he was he was involved throughout it, and he got maced twice, so that wasn't a good weekend for him. But. Uh, so then after the, the a couple of clashes, a couple of fights, um, they ended up moving parks, I think it was. They they had a, a permit for one park, and then they had to move to a separate park or something. The police were somewhat involved. But uh, then there were just crowds of people on the streets, I guess, heading maybe heading to this other park or something. Yeah, because hadn't it been called, a, the state had called a state of emergency at that point? Or the governor had called a state of emergency by... Uh, yeah. Was it by that, that was, time? I think that was part of uh, wherever the uh, alt-right peoples uh, were basically turned down. Yeah. They weren't able to use their permits, supposedly, for right. um, wherever so, they were going to be speaking. So that makes an interesting point, because then at that point, it was declared a state of emergency, and nobody could be gathering... And yet there was a massive crowd downtown after that. So right. maybe they were still trying to break him up, or maybe that was part of the the breaking up. I don't know. I don't know the layout of Charlottesville by any means. So, um, but that's when um, an asshole in a 
Dodge Charger came plowing into the crowd and hit, uh, injured 19 people and killed one woman, Heather Hayer, I believe her name was, and, uh, and plowed into two other cars and then backed up and just drove off. So that was sort of the end of the events. Um, obviously that's a pretty tragic and, and, uh, pretty solid end to an event. Um, definitive end I should say but uh so so that was that was it for that and it sort of continued the next day there were some people who were super upset a lot of demonstrations obviously a lot of anger a lot of hurt uh justifiably so uh then Kessler the guy who who uh started the Unite the Right or organized it he was holding a press conference that got overrun and with protesters who were flipping him off and telling him shame on him and he's not welcome there. And it, I, guess, I don't know if the cops backed off or what, but they, the people came in pretty quick and it looked like they started taking swings at him. So then the cops did step in and, and uh, they ran him off and closed down the, the uh, uh, press conference. So, yeah, so uh, now one woman's dead. 19 were injured from the car, plus all of the people who were injured from fighting. I don't know that we heard about anybody on the left that was injured from the fights, obviously. So the Vice News program, which you can actually catch on YouTube, uh, and I I definitely recommend it. It's only like 20, 22 minutes or something like that. Uh, But they were actually embedded with the alt-right guys, the Chris Cantwell and his crew. So they were embedded before all this happened, and when they went down there. So they got some uh, insane insight to the groups and, and their thinking and, and behind the scenes and all that stuff. Yeah, so. Vice is always a good source. At what I've seen of theirs, it's, uh, they kind of just get in and get out, not a lot of commentary. Right. I mean, if there's a camera, it's always going to tell somewhat of a story. Yep. Um, just by the nature of, of the medium. But um, I definitely respect Vice more than most news organizations these days. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they did a great job with that that little 20-minute doc. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's important for people to actually see this stuff and uh, regardless of, you know, what side of the political aisle you're coming from or what preconceived notions people have or any of that, just seeing, you know, the actual events and how it affects people and, um, you know, actual human violence. Yeah. Um, and pain and, and all of that. It's, it's, uh, it's tough to see. Obviously seeing something so violent is, is difficult to see, but some of the reactions afterwards that it showed were, were pretty, uh, uh, super emotional and super heartfelt. Mm -hmm. I think we get so desensitized to violence uh, you know, you see it kind of cleaned up in tight little neat clips on the nightly news. Right. Um, and, you know, with the five seconds of a bystander, but when you kind of see more of the raw footage, and in this case, the events actually unfolding, you know, being on camera, it's, and, uh, yeah, just the real human reactions. Uh, I think that's important, you know, especially these days and more so disconnected from each other and even when we are connected it's through a device or at a distance usually so it's um yeah it's good to actually see 
yeah. see that in real time. So To humanize people. And, mm-hmm. and even if you're uh, previously sympathetic to uh, the counter-protesters of Nazis, uh, it's still... Uh, it's still good to see, not good, you wish it wouldn't happen, but I think it's still necessary to see that kind of reaction, to to see the face of the hurt and the anger and all of that stuff. Yeah, um, on, yeah on both sides, I think. Um, you know, it's so easy to, especially once the ideologies of, you know, the socio-political factions get involved, it's it's easy to kind of just put a, identity label over all this stuff and right. say, well, you know, those aren't even people. Those are just ideas, yep. you know, um, and even as repulsive as the ideas can be, um, it's still, you know, a human being right. on, uh, you know, may- maybe a very confused, misguided, yep. uh, human being, uh, ignorant human being, but, um, Vice actually did, uh, along those same lines, Vice did a, uh, I forget which show it was, uh, maybe it wasn't even Vice, but they did that Hate That Neighbor show. Mm-hmm. Um, was that them? I've heard of it. Yeah, it was, it was from it. Viceland, um, but it was Hate That Neighbor. The first episode dealt with uh, like skinheads and Klansmen and stuff like that, and they did mm-hmm. some interviews. <laughs> when it first started, it was in uh, uh, like Ohio or something. So part of me was like, yes, it's not Georgia, <laughs> right? Um, but they they uh, they made their way to Georgia eventually. <laughs> but anyways, but the, I brought that up because they 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 were embedded with this guy, and you saw his kids and them bring the kids to the table, dinner table, while they're talking, and the mom, and and uh, while they're talking, you know, you just get a sense of even though this is a very screwed up person it's still a person, you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. still have affection, especially for those kids. You're, like, feeling bad for the way that they're going to be raised and and that right. kind of thing. And and seeing so much, just so much hate in somebody uh, for some, something that's so superficial, like uh, the, the color of someone's skin is, is it's disheartening. It's, it's um, I don't know. Yeah, was, I don't even know how to approach it, really, because it's such a foreign... Um, Hate and anger for me in general are emotions I just don't experience very often. Um, there's definitely plenty of negative emotions I can relate to, but those two especially um, have always been harder for me to to kind of wrap my head around, especially when it's that visceral. Yeah. Um, and uh, in a lot of cases, yeah. Um, because you could kind of understand, like, the old stories of blood feuds yeah. within families, you know. Right. The, you know. Hatfields and McCoys. And right, stuff. exactly. Um, and you can kind of get an idea of where certain rivalries might arise from. Mm-hmm. But just, like, blanket um, disdain for a group of people based on an idea. Right. You know, um, baffles me quite a bit. But uh, So where do you want to go with this? Um, we haven't gone to the, uh, the political. Yeah. So that's basically just what, what happened, but there's been a lot of back and forth in the media. Um, so the president had come out and initially gave his two cents and the kind of standard 
uh, well, <laughs> replied, um, I guess, although he didn't, he mentioned, uh, you know, issues on both sides. Yeah, he condemned the violence and hatred on both sides. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, technically I agree with. Right. Um, but given the circumstances, uh, you know, this is just another thing to add to Trump's checklist of poor PR. And, um, you know, you just have to uh, maybe approach it with a little bit more tact. Right. Um, one, you know, there's a, a dead woman mm-hmm. on... Uh, which is the most important thing. And then, too, um, you don't really want to be too sympathetic to Nazis. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, I understand because um, I'm no fan of uh, Antifa and uh, elements of Black Lives Matter, but uh, I don't think there's a – it does anyone any good to compare those two off the bat, maybe at a more nuanced point if mm-hmm. he was given, like, a long speech or something, but – um, I can definitely see where people had issues with that. Um, yeah. Well, I'd, I'll, I'll admit that initial my initial reaction was uh, I had already seen the videos of the uh, the feuds and the fights and the the bats and all that stuff, and I've seen seen that on like college campuses before and stuff. So I knew originally alt right and antifa were at it again. But what I didn't realize is this version of alt right was literally just the racists and just the uh, the skinheads or the the I don't even know skinheads are still around. If that's a thing, but yeah, really, definitely. I mean, I've never even. I mean, people make jokes about the South being like super racist and stuff, but I've I've seen a little bit in my lifetime. Right. But you know, maybe some you know just silly things like Confederate flags or, um, yeah. but and maybe some skinheads at punk shows and stuff over the years, but. Hopefully the original skinheads, the oi, right. the good kind, will make a comeback. Yeah, and no red laces. Or, reclaim that. Uh, but, um, um, but, yeah, honestly, I've never really, at least in my circles, I mean, it's more suburban and, you know, uh, city-dwelling right. crowds. So I'm, there's probably is more of it on the edges, but I would imagine it's like that in any part of the world yeah. as, as far as... Uh, where your uh, outcasts of society will kind of be pushed right. to the margins. Well, what I was getting at was I I had originally felt, uh, or when I originally heard that the uh, alt-right was involved in the Antifa and stuff, I didn't realize, because I've seen plenty of uh, alt-right gatherings before that included a good number of uh, people who say things that people don't like and horrible things, but not all of them are actual white supremacists or anything. But yeah. this seemed to yeah. be just white supremacists. Mm-hmm. So uh, so on both sides, okay, obviously there was some violence, but then he came back the next day. Was it the next day? I think he said uh, there were fine people on both sides. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that I was like, yeah, I can't defend that one now. Right. Um I can I can understand the argument that there were violence on uh, you know they were literally both fighting each other uh, Friday and a little bit Saturday, um, but obviously one side upped the ante a good bit and I think they all uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> how do you how do you say that somebody shouldn't hit somebody else 
without oh, sounding sympathetic towards that person who just rammed a car into somebody. You know what I mean? Like, right. We nobody should cause anybody it's else harm to a knife fight. You know? Right. Um, and but but nobody should. I mean, we've talked a little bit about the non-aggression principle and that that kind of thing. I I train jujitsu. I carry a weapon of some kind on me. You know, at all all times. Um, you know. One of it's a knife, so it's the utility thing too. It's not just like a violence thing, but so I believe in self defense. But I literally believe in self defense. Like it Mm -hmm. has to come to me defending myself or my family, for me. So, so attacking somebody for bad ideas doesn't fall into that, and for sure attacking somebody because they have a different color skin doesn't fall into that. Um, But, but I, I, how do you, how do you? Uh, you can't you can't defend the there are fine people on both sides when you know you find out that they're literally all white supremacists yeah i mean it's it's probably a hard thing to comment on period because it's um i'm not a huge fan in modern day of all these marches and protests to begin with It's, it's not the 1960s anymore and i don't think that's the most productive way to uh, to have a discourse. I mean, I don't really think these people want discourse. Uh, that's part of my issue with, with any kind of march or protest, uh, not across the board, but um, I think the majority of what we see with, with most of these gatherings is something closer to virtue signaling and people kind of wanting something to get behind and to fight for. Um, I don't really think... It, it's not like it was in the 60s, like if you look back at MLK and how specific their mission was. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you talk about non-aggression principle. I mean, yeah. that, you know, that was proof in person, you know, of right. of how powerful that can be now. It's more uh, of a spectacle, and um, you just see the, I forget what the name of the law is, but, you know, you get masses of people together and... Uh, people just change you know you get this mob mentality and it's with as uh polarized as as both sides um are getting i mean technically there's going to be you know quote unquote fine people on both sides but it's uh there's a lot of not fine people on both sides of any of these uh, of any of these gatherings because you know, it's just going to lead to some type of violence. You know, these people aren't getting together to to hash out ideas or to have a civil discussion. Or you mean um, the, the people who show up in masks and helmets and carrying <laughs> right. bats and sticks I mean, and stuff? Yeah, and it's I think it's a clear sign of that is, uh, and we've seen some of this with the Antifa's uh, before now. Um, I don't know. I'd imagine we're gonna, unfortunately we're probably going to see more, uh, you know, fascist, uh, Nazi type risings yeah. going forward. Um, cause I think part of the, the reason why I don't like the, these type of protests and gatherings is cause they egg each other on. Mm-hmm. I think there's a direct correlation between, um, you know, and, and some of it's justified. I mean, we said on this podcast how we were very sympathetic with a lot of what black lives matter, right. um, is doing and, and the reasoning behind it. And I'm still sympathetic to that, but, um, there's going to be with as polarized as our, you know, our political discourses right now, it's, uh, I don't know how 
conducive that is to other than just leading to violence or leading to headline you know sad headlines right because to me it's like i said i'm not one to rise to anger or, or violence but it's just so sad like yeah. just watching that 20 minutes is like damn it you know i'm just bummed out because it's right. um so so then let me ask you this i i I know what I think about this, but when you have, you you say when the groups get together and stuff like that, um, I think there's somewhat of a, uh, not just convincing each other or egging each other on, but then when you're in your group together, uh, a lot of it happens where you, you're convincing that, convincing each other that they're actually stepping things up or they're they're trying to do something worse to the point where you justify your own actions. Um, like the guy who uh, organized this getting punched and ran off. Um, it's easy to justify that. Well, he organized this event and somebody died because of it, but he didn't actually do that. So, Right, so, it's misplaced... Uh... I mean, and that's that's part of what the problem is. I mean, this is a, a wider-ranging net, but, I mean, ultimately, that's the problem with identity politics is it it solidifies, it's focusing on a group or an idea mm-hmm. rather than the individual. In, right. Um, in an ironic way, I'd say my main problem, if I have, like, one main issue with whether it's, you know, far-right, you know, nationalism, Nazis, or far-left communist uh, anarchists on Antifa, it's, um, it's that they're not radical enough. Because the, the most radical you could be is to go so far beyond group, beyond race, beyond religion, beyond um, any other way you could categorize someone's sex, gender, sex, sexual orientation, and just say all the way down to the individual individual that's mm-hmm. as far as you go that's as radical as it can get yeah so if you're on, like okay nazis yeah you're only focusing on the jews and the non you know the blacks um yeah that's not far enough keep going keep going all the way to focus on the individual uh-huh. and and then we can have a discussion yeah you know um and same with the left you know they focus on class and um you know, sexual orientation and all these different things, uh, gender and fluidity and all these. It's like, who cares? Just right. keep going all the way to the individual, and then we can focus on each other Yeah, as individuals. Um, so ultimately, um, the ironically, the far right and the far left don't go far enough. Yeah. Um, not in violence, right? <laughs> Just to clarify, <laughs> yes, uh, but in I'm speaking as a uh, who they are anarcho pacifist, so. yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah. so what do you think of uh, the idea? Well, I, I think I already know you since you just said anarcho pacifist. But what do you think of the idea of justified violence of of these groups convincing themselves that their violence is justified? I mean, the other. given their ideologies, I do understand where they're coming from. Um, I've actually made a point to try and my YouTube suggests the craziest videos because I've actually made a point to go watch a bunch of like uh, national, you know, 
white nationalist videos just to see what their point is uh-huh. and watch Antifa videos. So I'm watching stuff because I genuinely want to know what these people think. Right. Um, and they're not all, you know, crazed, torchlit. I mean, if you – I think they're wrong and they're ignorant, but you could look at someone like Richard Spencer. Yeah. He can put a, you know, a sentence together and have a – I don't know if it's rational, but he can make sense. Right. You know, um, he's getting his point across and – um, and it's not just here in, in the States. I've seen um, the sentiment is rising in Europe as well with the, the Brexit and all of the immigration issues they have in Europe especially, you know, a terrorist attack every other day. And there it's, you know, racial and religious and cultural. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what it is here too. Um, I think it's slightly different context here because of U.S. history, but... Um, so why do you say that you think you you can understand why they would justify it? Well, given their ideology and their worldview, okay. I can understand, like, whatever why? their warped logic is, I can understand what they're saying. I don't agree with it. And, mm-hmm. and um, But um, I think part of another thing that I, I really don't like about both sides is that we need to listen to each other. I mean, that's that's the only way you can define what a bad idea is, is mm-hmm. you actually have to, you know, what is it? The cliche, uh, sunlight is the best disinfectant. Yeah. You know, that's how you tell what a bad idea is. Let it out in the open. Right. Let everyone see it. Don't try to, um, even if it's repulsive, I think those views on both sides um, have their elements of repulsive logic and repulsive emotionality and yeah. um, reasoning and all these things, uh, philosophies, like, I, I don't agree with them. But and to um, that, we oh, have yeah. to, yeah, I mean, I was pretty much done, but we have to listen to that to, to understand it. And even if it's a bad idea, you know, it'll only um, further cement that if we right. just, you know, let them uh, hang themselves, you know, with their own rope. So. Well, and to that point, the... Uh one of the big apparent uh, Nazi white nationalists, whatever you want to call it, uh, websites, Daily Stormer, it's made the news because it was been it's been removed. Um, they put they posted something, basically saying that they were glad that that girl was dead and and then they went on. Dude, it was it was awful. They said something about um, it was it was just awful. It was awful. They they said something about her just being fat and and taking up space or something, and it was yeah. unreal. But to their credit, GoDaddy, the they oh, hosted. Them. I heard about that. Yeah. Well, GoDaddy after they saw that said that uh, violated their terms of services and killed killed their site. Said they had twenty four hours to move it or something. I completely support that move. Uh, that is free association. That is their ability to yeah, and it's their determine private they company. Sir. The problem, though, is now Daily Stormer has been removed off of GoDaddy. I don't think their actual website's up. Then Twitter went through and deleted a bunch of Daily Stormer-associated accounts. Mm-hmm. And so what's going to happen now is eventually they're going to make it to uh, to the dark net, dark web. They're going to make it on t- be hosted somewhere out there where you're not going to find them, you're not going to be able to track them, and they're going to mm-hmm. fester in this underground uh dark web where it's just gonna it, it you won't see it coming you know what i right. mean it will fester in that underground until it just bubbles over 
at which point we'll have no idea what we're getting. We'll have no idea how strong. We'll have no idea where. Um, and even that is part of what this weekend was for, according to the guy from the Daily Stormer, was that they were trying to show that they're more than just an online group, and they showed up in numbers of, I mean, it looked like a couple hundred tiki torches out there. Yeah. Um, so they were trying to show their show of force, and he promised that this wasn't the end of it. Well, if we can't track them, if we can't see it, because if they're... Right. Well, it's like any conspiracy theorist. The more, um, you know, you try to cover it up, you know, mm-hmm. it, it just gets it gets these types more riled up. And I'm not saying, you know, um, let's all talk about the merits of national you know, socialism you know, right. or whatever it is, uh, Nazis. Um, or even on the, the left, I despise plenty of things about communism. Right. And I think that's equally dangerous in its own ways. And I think we should point out real quick that uh, Antifa is, if you don't know who they are, they're an anti-fascist group. Uh, but that's that's not where it ends. They are an anarcho-communist group as well. If you look back to the history, they've got a long history of red and black. That's their flag. That's their color. That is the, co- that is the color scheme of anarcho-communism. And so they they do that is in their in their uh, ideological system. It's not just that they're against fascism and racism. Otherwise, I'd be able to side with them. But it's also that they support communism, which obviously has decimated uh, you know cultures. And yeah, I mean, communism makes uh, you know Nazi Germany look like kindergarten. Right. You know, it's killing millions and millions of people. Um, I mean, Hitler was horrible, but doesn't even compare to Stalin. You know. Right. And Mao. So, right. Um, but anyways, continue. I just wanted to interject that about Antifa. No. And- I mean, yeah, I think this part of my issue, yeah, it's this this discourse. We can't have civil conversations anymore, um, whether it's this violent, like you see this past weekend, or... Uh, just even something stupid, like on Facebook. Yeah. You know, you hear the jokes about, you know, unfriending people because they right. have a different opinion or, uh, you know, just, uh, I don't want to say violent uh, exchanges because it, it's just words. But, right. um, I mean, I think when, when we see these kind of things, we have to be bigger people um, instead of just kind of giving in to the, the sway of um, these ideologies, because I think even you could, you could look at something like Antifa. The, uh, I, to my knowledge, I don't at least recently I don't think they've killed anyone yet. Right. Um, but they have some very violent and dangerous ideas that, if are given credence, um, let's say you know in a in some kind of understandable reaction to the far right everyone's swings far left let's say yeah um and just gives in to saying well you know uh, hate speech isn't protected under free speech and you know i don't like hate speech either but you can't just start telling people what they can and can't say uh, at least based on our constitution now right if if we want to change it you know people can vote for that and there's lawful ways to do that but um you know, I think that's that can lead to very dangerous places. Um, Do you think something like hate speech even exists? No, I don't, um, I don't either. 
but I mean, people, people say hateful things. And, um, but that, to me, that kind of goes back to, um, if they're going to, if they're going to say those things, we need to hear it. And right. so we, you can still call it out and you can still say, I disagree with it, but fight bad speech with better speech. Don't, um, tell someone that they, you know, they just can't uh, say it anymore or don't ban it. Cause then you're just hiding, you know, you're just hiding the problem away. Like, um, there's so many correlates you could look at. I mean, it's the same kind of thing with our, uh, prison system. Like we, we hide our society's problems in the prisons. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, you know, what these people are being, you know, imprisoned for isn't the problem. It's that we don't want to deal with the poverty. We don't want to deal with the laws that we have that, you know, have people turning to drug trades and uh, that are illegal and, um, these black markets, you know, those are the actual problems, not the people. Right. Um, yet, you know, it's easier, easier for our society to just, to hide these things, to, to just put them away so we don't have to look at them. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it does suck to hear hateful, you know, hateful speech and people being willing to be violent. But, um, I think really the only reasonable way to combat that is, uh, just with, with better speech and, and kinder people, more understanding people. I don't, if we let this get too polarized, it'll get to the point where no one's talking. And then if you're not talking, the only thing left is violence. Yeah. It's, it's not like it's magically going to fix itself. What about Um, somebody who's going to say that, um, these ideas from the Nazis and separatists and supremacists, whatever you want to call them, all of them, what if they're, what about the idea that their, their ideas are so atrocious that if they can't be allowed to be heard, do you think that's a thing? I don't know um, why I'm, I don't know why I'm like asking these questions. Like, no, I mean, that's a reasonable question. Um, I'm just trying to, I think history would show that that, uh, clearly whether there's truth to that or not, it's not the case because these ideas have been around for a long time and we haven't been able to um, extinguish them even after, you know, massive world war, you know, that put, you know, all of the Western world in peril. Right. Um, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news or pessimistic here on this podcast, (laughs) but we're never going to eliminate racism. It's, It's never going to happen. It will always be around us and we will always have to deal with it. So we can do our absolute best to minimize it, and then we do that through conversations that may or may not kill. We do that <laughs> through general love and education. I mean, honestly, that's right. And that's I think a big part of it. maybe something, maybe a vein we could go down <clears throat> would be um, so. This far, talking about discourse and language and action, um, that's all kind of cerebral and logical and reasoned i think um we had been chatting earlier today about kind of maybe more biological and psychological reasons for this type of behavior these type of mindsets and i don't think that's um talked about as often i know for me personally one of the the biggest changes in my worldview that i've had to reckon with um going towards a more agnostic or atheistic point of view, um, I'm not able anymore to just hang concepts on 
you know, this metaphysical good or evil. Right. Um, so I can't just say something is good or bad uh, because uh, that's the way the universe is. I have to say, well, you know, we happen to be here. We evolved into this situation that we have. And there there have to be specific reasons for that. Yeah. And it's, um, I think it takes a lot more work. And in, in some ironic ways, it's made me take other things uh, more seriously, even something like religion, because I have to account for, well, why does most of the planet have this type of experience or right. have an expression uh, that they want to express reality in, in, you know, this religious format or this political format. And you have to, um, if I can't just hang, you know, well, they're all wrong or they're all right because, you know, there's this metaphysical good versus evil thing going on. And um, so it's, it's made me kind of take a step back and really look at, well, you know, what, what is it about our type of animal you know the human animal that that would shape us to to have these type of beliefs, um, kind of like we talked about on our last episode, uh, thirty four point one, mm-hmm. um, talking about different personality types and psychological yeah. types, um, and you know what caused Nazi Germany. You know I think there's there's so many interesting things in one's personality, um, like being you know. Um, I can speak as someone who's very OCD, understanding borders and order. Yeah. And um, you, you can kind of see these rigid, um, just it's not even an ideology at that point. It's just wanting, uh, you know, seeing the need, and you see this in the political discussion as well, but needing borders, whether it's borders between concepts or ideas or people or states or nations, you know, build the wall. You know, you see it. Um, so you can kind of see psychologically where some of these things would build up or on on the other side, you know, wanting more openness, you know. Mm-hmm. I tend to lean more I'm higher in openness, so like the idea of open borders to me, I really like that idea. Right. Um, but I can, trying to understand it from an evolved point of view, you know, different, uh, all these various expressions have to exist for a, you know, a survival reason. Mm-hmm. And so to take that, uh, you know, why would we evolve to have discussed sensitivities um, and these kind of things? Um, and maybe if we can take a step back and, in a weird way, it's it's dehumanizing because you're looking at us just like another animal. Yeah. But if that is the case, if we are just another creature on this planet and we're, you know, we just happen to have this mi- mishap of consciousness and reasoning and um, even, if, yeah, yeah, even <laughs> if it's a byproduct of some random evolved process and uh, or even in some emergent process, um, we can still use that, you know, and then this gets into the more existential part, but we still experience it a certain way and mm-hmm. we can still lean into that. And if we can try to understand what we're going through, you know, both on the emotional existential side and then on the scientific or still animals yeah. side, I think there might be some middle road there um, or maybe even like a parallel path that you can kind of crisscross between. 
or gaze over at, even if you can't really bridge that gap. But um, I don't know. I'm just trying to make sense of it in, in some kind of way. Yeah. Well, one thing that we've mentioned a bunch of times before is that if you can't, if you just chalk something up to evil and just say, well, we don't need to understand it, it's just evil, then you're not going to understand it and you won't be able to prevent it. Or mm-hmm. you might be able, you won't be able to correct it or or uh, combat it. And so, examining people like Hitler and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. uh, you know sounds weird, but I mean, how many books oh, and I documentaries? I'm obsessed been, with those yeah. documentaries. Yeah, um, I've got a it's fascinating weird thing about serial killers where mm-hmm. I've you know seen a whole bunch of documentaries and can tell you about all kinds of serial killers which is probably some morbid fascination but you might have to do a, a bonus episode we should on, uh, <laughs> i on, have much useless uh, serial killer knowledge. yeah could rank them or something yeah. <laughs> or of most horrific slash favorite um <laughs> but yeah but it, but yes i think saying that something is just evil is kind of copping out and it's 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 uh allowing you to escape the responsibility of trying to figure out a way uh, through this life with other people and yeah, on it's, this earth. Yeah, it's almost a cheat in a way because it's almost like not taking... I mean, like you do... People act seriously like you'll see like religious fanatics on all sides that, you know, bomb things or yeah. cause all kinds of violence for religious ideas because of good and evil or... Um, in this case, you know, with more political ideologies. Right. Um, but in a way, we're not focusing on the issue if you're just saying, well, that's evil. Well, yeah. okay, I'm fine with that word if we want to use it poetically. But um, what does that actually what are, yeah, look what like? What are we actually what saying? It, what does it mean? At? Yeah. And um, I think, yeah, that kind of dissection into uh, morality and ethics and... Um, and even, you know, boring stuff like biology and psychology, I think that that's all going to play into it if if we're willing to kind of take a s- step back. And I know for, you know, the crowd that just got hit by a car, yeah, you know, we can't ask that of them right now because right. they're in a different place. But for for maybe for those of us who are further outside of the situation and, you know, have that distance and... um or, you know, if you're just at a, at a place in your life, like I might not have had these thoughts 10 years ago. I, I wouldn't have probably. But yeah. now, you know, where I'm at now, I'm able to say, you know, I have too much time to think about this stuff. And <laughs> it's interesting. And um, and I think there might, you know, maybe there's something to it. Yeah. Well, I've always been accused of being, uh, I don't know, too, not saying the right version of it, but... I've always been accused of being too cold and like logical. Mm-hmm. So again, doesn't mean it's always the right logic, but but approaching something without emotion attached to it or something, um, and or spirituality in, in the case of growing up a lot of times. So so for me, it's a lot easier. And plus, relatively, I've had a somewhat easy life growing up. You know, what I mean, knock on mm-hmm. on wood here, right? Um, but so so it's pretty easy for me to detach myself and just look at things logically and 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 emotionless i guess mm-hmm. which is 
good when it comes to uh, creating legislation or something like that, I guess, right. but not not necessarily when it comes to like relating and trying to understand somebody else. But um, yeah, not, I think there's some kind of balance. But I don't I don't know I don't know what kind of like psychology would really play into into this. You know what I mean? Like what, how do you, you see that fitting into it? I can see how emotion fits in. That makes sense. That's the emotion and the logic side of it makes sense. But how do you think that contributes to some of this? I and, guess specifically with, with the psychology, like we had talked about last episode. Um, and I guess this to some degree goes down to ideology as well. Cause this, some of these ideas are contested. Um, a lot of the, as, as far as you can call psychology a science, yeah. um, a lot of it's rooted in mathematics and st- statistics. Right, sure. Um, so, I mean, it's it's not the same as like a, like a physics or a chemistry. Right, it's or, a soft or, science. Yeah, or a biology, but um, there's there's been plenty of work done really recently, like in the past like 50 years. Um, so if you're talking about like personality science and, um, breaking it down to those big five traits we had talked about, um, and kind of understanding that, um, while we are, um, I, I would say largely emotional beings, I think that's definitely the bulk of, uh, how we've evolved, you know, our, our brain evolved to we evolve these emotions to serve very specific purposes of mm-hmm. survival and, um, over the years. And, um, we, we, for some reason we do have, you know, we've grown into, uh, a rational mind as well. Um, but I think that's, uh, much less compared to the, the biological and emotional functionality of, of what we are. And, um, but trying to, use the the reason to to at least kind of look down on ourselves as animals and um trying to understand just in some of those basic things we said last time so a lot of personality traits seem to be largely set in the person right so um and again this is debatable but like things with like IQ it's it's very difficult to get IQ to rise um, conditions can make it worse for sure, but, um, not much we've found thus far. Um, for instance, will greatly improve someone's, you know, IQ score. Mm-hmm. And that's just one type of intelligence test, but, um, there's, there's arguably different types of intelligences. Sure. Um, but, uh, I think maybe by focusing on some of the, the psychological traits, like I was saying, um, I could just use myself as an example, like with, I've never been diagnosed with OCD, but, um, I would bet all the money I have that I definitely got some pretty bad (laughs) version of it. Um, and, uh, that definitely shapes, you know, whether I want it to or not, it shapes just my temperament. So I can see like a lot of my, when I was younger, when I was more conservative, um, those type of views fit into that, that worldview, you know, needing order boundaries. Um, when I was more religious, the idea of willpower, like, well, I can just be a better person.
because I'm going to do it. Right. So whether it was like not drinking or anything until I was 23 because I was just, I was going to be the guy that just wasn't going to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, I didn't start you doing that. (laughs) Technically you might have, but, um, but I'm very glad I started drinking. (laughs) Now I feel horrible for people who don't. I just didn't get to get that nectar. Yeah, it's. I mean, it. some people probably wouldn't enjoy it. It is an acquired taste, but in the yeah. same way, I feel bad for people who don't drink coffee or something. But, right. Um, but uh, there's still some holdovers, you know. I haven't gotten into any drugs or anything, any of that fun stuff yet. So. Yeah, he said. Yeah, <laughs> there's always hope. There's always time. No, but... Um, God, the day you do shrooms and just disappear into the woods, <laughs> that's when we'll see that blurry picture of you. Like, like we found Sasquatch. Like, no, it's just Chase and he's naked. He's still like, on what, shrooms. What city? Loganville? No. No. It's not. No, just yell Chase <laughs> and get a toilet cleaner yeah, brush. Wave, wave a pizza around yes. in the air. And, uh, but I don't know. Like, and I've obviously I'm not an academic or anything. There's there's other people who have studied um, these things. I know just this year I've read a ton of, uh, Jonathan Haidt. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had the happiness hypothesis and then, um, uh, the one I just read this year, I can't think of the title right now, the righteous mind. Um, and those are fascinating. And he's, that book kind of goes into, um, the emotional animal and the rational animal and how those things are layered out and how so much of our temperament and our our emotions base our temperaments and our ideologies. And uh, he's done a lot of work recently, especially with this past election cycle, kind of really doing in-depth studies about different uh, emotions like disgust mm-hmm. in particular. He's done a lot yeah. of work on that um, and how that shapes, you know, just the way people want borders around things. And right. you see in the, alt-right uh, videos and things I've watched online to, to see what these people think, to try to understand them. Um, yeah, the arguments are always something along the lines of, well, there's just cultural differences and there's not going to be the same type of appreci- appreciations and um, things I clearly see as unequivocally racist. Yeah. You know, looking at um, races d- differently, even though... Yeah, whites technically could be all different races because they're all from different right. know, Poland and There's Italy and months. England and Ireland and like so it's yeah that's there's not a lot of re, uh, reasoning I can get behind with what they're saying but um, trying to understand what would cause someone to to be this way yeah um, and I'm sure it's a trillion things at one time you right know, I don't think it's a simple I think that's the other problem of just saying, well, that's evil or that's bad or um, you can't say that. It's like, well, yeah, technically, poetically, logistically or whatever, I might agree with you, but it's um, let's try to dig a little bit deeper and Mm -hmm. understand why. Yeah. Or maybe how how and why. And um, like you said, I mean, it's education, it's uh, ignorance and emotion, and I'm sure there's plenty of science in there, too. Um, so we could use psychology to identify specific traits and, and maybe, uh, 
specific traits that would draw somebody to something like that? Um, yeah, there... what makes them good? Like if you look at Hitler specifically, like very high in openness. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he rallied an entire country and culture together yeah. to practically take over the world. Right. Like you don't do that if you're not a creative person. Yeah. Um, is very high in conscientiousness, so is very orderly. You realize that <laughs> the uh, irony of that and how that all sound right. That Hitler oh, yeah. is very high in conscientiousness. Well, those t- those two together are especially unusual. Yeah. Actually, um, usually they're they're not uh, together. But um, you know, so consciousness would be um, conscientiousness would be uh, yeah, orderliness, willpower, um, drive. And I'm like highly motivated, yeah. Um, so, like, he could stand in the back of a car for like eight hours, you know, doing his hail. Cause, yeah. Because um, he was just that driven, you know, that crazed to, with these ideologies um, and uh, with, uh, yeah, again, with the borders and all the disgust language, you know, with the Jews being vermin and like cleansing. Yeah. All the displays of fire, you know, purity through fire, um, bathed like four times a day, like all that kind of stuff. Um, so obviously there's there's so many different things that would go into this outside of just personality. But um, I think a lot of, um, you know, we don't always necessarily pay attention to, to what it is that's driving our traits and our personalities. Yeah. Um, and I think it would, to some degree, it would be foolish just foolish to assume that it's you know well i just choose to be this way right you know it's all completely a choice to me that's almost as silly as saying like someone's sexuality is purely a choice it's like no that's how you are biologically you know that's that's how you function um or if you know not necessarily as a racist but as somebody who's functioning in those kind of personality traits, which maybe is more... Right, that would incline someone eventually. I mean, it's like right. one little piece in the puzzle that's life, you know, right. and evolution, you know. Um, because I don't think, yeah, well, like you said, I don't, I don't think people are born racist. Right. Oh, no, yeah, think. not at so, all. Right. So, yeah, they're, they're not born born that way, but it is kind of... They they develop these personality traits, which don't necessarily make them racist, but yeah, it's just part of. And I, and I don't want to downplay by any means like cultural um, upbringing and and society and those kind of things. Cause that obviously yeah. plays a huge role. You know, if you born inside of a you know neo Nazi camp, right? The time you're born, like, you're not going to have much chance. Or if you're born and you know, uh, you know, I don't know some. Well, Middle Eastern terrorist group or something. It's right. So, so that's an interesting piece because I think a lot of us we well even going back into this start of this conversation we talked about seeing, uh, uh, or I did at least in that Viceland documentary about seeing the kids that are involved in the the uh, clan family and or uh, the white supremacist and it's easy to have that compassion for those kids and feel like man they're gonna. They had to, you you look at them and you know they don't have a chance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You just hope for the best, but we lose that compassion when they become an adult. And somehow we expect um, society's input to override their upbringing and teach them that what everything they learned growing up is not real. 
and that they or is not correct, and we expect them to almost know right from wrong, then you know what I mean. Does that make sense? Like, oh, totally. Yeah. I'm not trying to excuse it, but I'm I'm trying to point out that it's it's pretty easy for us to have that kind of compassion for somebody when they're a kid and understanding when they're a kid and they they don't have a chance. But once they're an adult, it's like fuck you. You should know right from wrong. You should know truth and and all of that. And so it's easier to write them off when in reality we should kind of consider the way they were brought up too. I mean, right. Um, a little side note there, I guess, but. Well, I think that's a huge part of it. I mean, going back to what I was saying about what are the things I've had to adjust in my worldview if if I'm kind of coming at it from a bottom-up mm-hmm. kind of approach. And that's another huge thing. It's like um, if you're looking at ideas of uh, moral basis and free will and um, if we're not completely, um, you know, in control of, of the society around us and every decision that we make, yeah, you know, that completely changes how you're going to approach different issues. Like for me, um, things like criminal justice, yeah, like the way, uh, you know, murderers behave or even like super uncomfortable things like, uh, like molesters and stuff like that and rapists. Um, how are we going to approach these things? You know, what makes people this way is, is it really at the end of the day as simple as a choice? Uh-huh. And if you chose wrong, then you're a bad person. Or if you chose this way, then you're a good person. Is it that simple? Or um, maybe is there more at play, you know, if you have a tumor in your brain and it causes you to do this one thing? Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of scientific cases they've had like that where they showed, well, yeah, the tumor caused all these visions and didn't we, voices. And didn't we talk about that, too, with... Um, yeah, with the Austin yeah. shooter. The uh, clock tower shooter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I've had cases of that with, uh, yeah, guy gets a tumor. Uh, he's a perfectly normal dude, married. All of a sudden, his wife catches him looking at child porn. Mm. Like, what the hell? Uh, he goes to the doctor and finds out that he has the starting of a tumor in his brain. They remove it, goes back to normal. A couple years later, got caught looking at child porn again take them back the tumor would come back hmm. you know so that and i'm not saying everything is uh sam harris likes to say tumors all the way down yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> not like, everybody um, in charlottesville had a tumor right <laughs> but uh, it's um so i'm not i'm not necessarily saying everything's 100 percent deterministic i think it there's probably it's probably something in between mm. but if it's not completely free then i think that does change the way we approach what it means to be moral and what it means to be ethical. And um, and maybe if there's ways we can try and react, maybe reacting less, um, like, revenge-prone mm-hmm. and saying, well, maybe there's some kind of clinical approach or, um, like we are saying, just trying to be more humane about it. You know, maybe not just shove someone in a cage or in a padded room immediately or, you know... Uh, the first resort to be to violence immediately, yeah. even though I think there are also natural explanations for that as well. For being inclined towards violence? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Um, so, I mean, that has to be taken. We can't just be super hippie about it either and say, even though I am a, uh, idea, I guess my ideology would be 
anarcho-pacifism to me makes the most sense. Like, no, don't put force on anyone else. Right. Um, and to me, that logically, that makes the most sense. Um, but obviously, it's not always going to be that easy. You know, yeah. Things things happen, and the world is way more complicated than a nice little convenient ideology. But um, what would cause Chase to fight? <laughs> I've never. Well, I my mom's told me about some stuff when I was younger, but yeah, that was my uh, primal midget monkey. Uh, <laughs> phase but yet honestly I, I can't think of a time I've ever I mean like I said it's not really in my temperament like the maddest I'll get is like road rage and I think a lot of that is um it's just again because we're disconnected like yeah. I would never you know fuck your motherfucker like <laughs> to, to someone at Kroger or something right. that's right yeah. next to me it's it's the detachment and the rush and you know kind of the hustle and bustle of, right of the commute and the stress of having a you know nine to five and yeah <laughs> i think uh for me it's it would it would have to be violence you know what i mean like it for me to get violent i don't right. think I, right. i've been um i've been sort of tested not me personally but um protecting my wife but <clears throat> i don't i don't even know where i get into all of that but yeah i don't know that uh I just wondered what what would get Chase Chase <laughs> yeah, going like it would know. have to be actual violence for me because I've I've seen like words and stuff like that like people are like oh you just don't you don't disrespect somebody you don't say something about their mom and I'm like fuck off it's it's words it's right. not violence like like we had an old mutual friend um, who we used to always joke around about each other's moms at work and stuff I was just whatever it was just mom jokes was the thing i guess or whatever and this one dude good old good old southern boy never been around it before and he couldn't take it <laughs> he was getting riled up at me and i was like dude it's just words like i don't obviously i haven't fucked your mother <laughs> like, i didn't write a dissertation on your mother <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just it's just a word just a joke he was ready to fight over it i was like well, that's some people it goes use. back to even in extreme cases like uh quote unquote hate speech you know yeah um or disgusting words, maybe. Yeah. But, um... You yeah, say some, uh, some stuff that would really piss me off, but it's going to have to be... Uh, it would have to be an actual threat before it would raise to violence because I just don't see yeah. words as violent. Right. I mean, I read philosophy for fun. <laughs> so there's... I, every single day I'm coming into stuff, uh, seeing stuff that I completely disagree. But that's... I mean, that interests me, mm -hmm. though. Right, finding something like oh, I'm going to go read Marx today because yeah, I disagree with it. I won't. It's interesting, you know. It's a different point of view, right? Um, or like last episode, when we were talking about postmodernism. I don't agree with much of that at all, but I find it fascinating yeah. that like other people think this way. Um, yeah, and then I guess you know, obviously there are people that would be, you know, maybe their first reaction would be violent. Yeah, um, you do. You just have some. Some people are just hotheads and will take a bat to a car or something over over words or whatever and just that doesn't that doesn't make any sense whatsoever to me. I can't can't even relate to that, but yeah, that's kind of how it is for some people. Throw it back to, you know, are you at your most um like natural state when like you look at the drunk? Mm-hmm. 
like the type of drunk like right. someone would be when they're uninhibited. Yeah. You know, the, the reasoning is kind of washed off and you're just the primal emotional right. being. Um, like I always say, I'm a better person <laughs> when I'm drunk. I'm usually more quicker to like emotion and right. uh, like I'll cry on the spot even faster. Like <laughs> the like, good kind of, or like, like, well, not yeah, like good kind, if, but if you ever get a text from me, usually it's like, I love you guys. It's like usually cause I'm drunk, <laughs> but, uh, which, you know, inside baseball, we all tell each other we love each other. That's we're, we're okay with that. Um, especially after downing like 30 wings and <laughs> yeah. a couple beers and something about those wings, get the emotions going, man. So you're getting back to the science, you know, you rub a little, uh, Death sauce and <laughs> that makes anybody emotional. <laughs> Make anybody cry. Uh, well, what else on this? Is there anything else that you wanted to get into on it? Got for just over an hour now, but I mean, yeah, I guess it's. I think a lot of this is still going to be unfolding because it's still. Um, well, this specific incident is relatively recent, but I think a lot of this stuff has been building and. I don't know how yeah. a lot of it's going to shape out. We had mentioned, uh, you know, unite the right. That would lead me to believe that this event was originally supposed to be trying to get, you would think like all the, because I don't know if we mentioned, but when I think of alt-right, it's kind of fractured. Uh-huh. Like, because obviously there's the, um, you know, the nationalist, racist, Nazi part of it. I think that's always been kind of like a base of it. Mm-hmm. But then especially with this past election cycle, I think a lot of people kind of jumped on that train and kind of tried to expand the term, maybe stole the term a little bit. Yeah. Because um, you had all your, um, I guess your like shit poster, right. uh, 4chan, uh, just controversial for the sake of being controversial. And, right. Um, like uh, your Milo... Can never say his last name. Yiannopoulos. Yeah, which I honest, honestly think he's kind of funny half the time, just because he's so you know this flaming yeah. gay right. conservative you know white guy that's British. Like talk about just, your subversive. Right, it's like, so weird. Personality. Yeah, just for the I kind of enjoy it just for the sake of how outrageous and silly it is. But, <laughs> I always um, liked his response when he was being accused of being a white supremacist. He's like, you know how many black dicks I've had in me. Oh, and he's Jewish. I think. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. It's like, um, well, so did you hear about Gad Sad recently too? Uh-uh. He's a um, professor at uh, forget what college up in Canada, but anyways, he was supposed to do a speech on uh, free speech on campuses and how it was under attack. Surprisingly enough, they shut him down by calling him a fascist and calling him an anti-Semite. So <laughs> this is a Lebanese Jew whose parents escaped. Lebanon back in the day and fled to Canada and um they're accusing him of anti-semitism <laughs> and uh and he's also uh talking about uh allowing free speech and somehow he's a fascist as well so wow yeah uh, up is down and <laughs> it's a yeah. it's crazy word. well and I think that's part of what is tricky about this because I think you probably will see um, in some circles, like an attempt to do this broad brush, like the alt right is all right. Because right. um, I certainly have my disagreements with plenty of things on the right, but I don't think it's all bullshit. And I think there's plenty of conservative minds, for me especially, like an old school um, 
like 18th and 19th century uh, conservative philosophy that's amazing. There's some really good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But um, the, uh, yeah, trying to, that's where the language get, gets kind of tricky because, like, well, what is the alt-right? Mm-hmm. You know, because I think there is a difference between some 13-year-old troll in his mom's basement on right. 4chan posting, you know, something that could be, racist or just disgusting or insensitive because he's a stupid 13 year old right and then you have an actual um you know nazi yeah um i don't necessarily know that those two things are the same thing you know and and that could be why i saw such a difference um in in the alt-right and the and who it was who was a part of it was because i obviously don't run in neo-nazi and (laughs) Uh, white supremacist <laughs> circles, so I never saw that piece of it. But I do right. run with some shitposting trolls, and I saw plenty of that side of it. So maybe to me, I knew these people, and I knew that they weren't racist. You know what I mean? So, so for me, it was like, oh, it's just being a shitposter. It's just trying to get a rise out of somebody, which mm-hmm. maybe that's not an admirable quality, but it's definitely not a, a racist, uh, white supremacist kind of level, um, right? So so yeah, maybe that's why I saw saw a difference between it. But to your point about broad strokes, that is part of the issue. Is that and uh, there's a great article in the Atlantic that came out today by Peter Benart, and it's called "What Trump Gets Wrong About Antifa." And basically, the gist of his argument is um, he well he. He misattributes Antifa to just being anarchists, which that's not where that story ends because we've mm-hmm. already discussed that. They've got a lot of uh, communist tendencies and, and ideologies. But um, he, he his point was that they're a reaction to the racism. Um, so still bad that they are hitting people, but they're a reaction. So if the other side would kind of back off, I think that's kind of the gist of his his point, but he made a pretty solid point in there when he went after Antifa as well, where he said, if unchecked, they'll just continue to paint broad strokes and just lump everybody into alt-right to when you have like regular legit politicians that are being lumped in there and um, people who aren't white supremacists in any way, and they're just going to be lumped in and then they're, they're going to be attacked and they'll be, uh, they'll be, uh, uh, run off campus and not allowed to speak and all of this mm-hmm. stuff. And then the, he, he's saying that is essentially becoming fascist and you're becoming what yeah. you're trying to fight by lumping a group, an entire group of people into one thing and then uh, being authoritarian against them. And yeah, I think there's controlling. so much for both sides to learn politically too. Cause I think a lot of what got Trump elected was this kind of knee jerk backlash reaction to um in in some circles you know this pc culture uh-huh. and um antifa antifa is a different thing but it's um that's kind of what i was getting at with if things get polarized enough if it pushes you're just gonna they're just gonna keep pushing each other farther and farther All right and like trump is the president this country deserves because of what we've done to our political discourse. Yeah. You know, I can't stand the guy, but it's it really is what we deserve because of what we've allowed ourselves to become and how, you know, how we interact. And, um, you know, it, 
it really got to the point where people said, fuck it. Let's just see what happens, you know. Let's see yeah. let's see what the chaos can bring. Right. Um, and, and then I think, in, in an opposite sense, what I think what the right could learn, maybe more sensible conservatives could learn, is um, don't get in bed with the wrong people. Right. Because I think it's going to get really um, tricky. Because it is obvious that part of Trump's base was this more ridiculous yeah. alt-right. And part of what the criticism is is saying, well, he's given... I don't know if it's a voice, but he's made certain fringe groups more comfortable to being right. less fringe, I guess. Well, they uh, they say that themselves. Right. David Duke said that and um, said that they, they're fighting for the... What am I hearing? I think it's just thunder. Oh, that's right. It's thunder. Um, uh, that they're... they're enacting or they're they're going to follow through on the promise that Donald Trump made or something like that. So they're right. definitely empowered by that and feel like like they have a man in the White House and I think one of the accusations against Trump is that he's so cautious to not piss off that group because he feels like they kind of helped get him there or something. Right. So whether or not I mean that's the that's the less um extreme version. The extreme version is that he is a white supremacist himself. Um, right. And it, yeah, even, and yeah, I think that could go not just for Trump, but for anyone on the right. Like if, um, have a, have a good, you know, stance and a, and a point of view and right. be willing to, um, you know, if you see some poor ideology, call it out. Exactly. You know, don't, um, it might be convenient now for certain, let's say certain people on the right to say, well, you know, I could use this as a base or I could use this as a, underhanded influence in some certain kind of way. Um, but that's that's going to be a huge mistake. You mean they could use Trump's... Uh, or just use these alt-right fringes. Oh, gotcha. As yeah, like, yeah. let's say, we could use that as a certain point of a power base. Or yeah, I don't know. I, I've read a couple stories about certain uh, senators or states legislators that have shown up in pictures with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um for one, you know, how many times do you see these photos of people taking a picture with a politician and it, at the last minute they open up their shirt and it says something like, I'm a stupid or fucker or something like that. Right. So they don't always know who they're taking pictures with, right? So that doesn't mm-hmm. always mean something. Yeah, but they wouldn't even have to. That's what's tricky about it. It's like uh, so many of these people, because it's not even, I think that's actually more of the danger is it wouldn't even be a conscious thing. So mm-hmm. if, um, let's say you have like an overly eager conservative politician that says, well, I'm going to make a name for myself by saying something that's uh, specifically unpolitically correct to get some points. Right. So, you, so you might get some points with, um, you know, the shit posters. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, w- that was a big part of uh, Trump's appeal or to certain people or yeah. a certain base and there might be a tendency to kind of lean into that. So even if right. you're not leaning into the Nazi part of it, if you're just leading into the, you know, uh, anti-SJW, right. which, you know, even I could get, you know, some kicks from tons <clears throat> of that stuff because sure. I can't stand SJW-type culture as well. But that doesn't mean you just go full swing to the other right. the other end of the spectrum because yeah. uh, it could be tempting to use that as a power base and, you know, if it'll get you some votes. and But then you're stuck with these people and if... 
if that movement becomes more than just shit posting, right? You know, if it actually does grow into something more serious where people are being killed or you have some seriously questionable, uh, you know, policies, um, then you're kind of digging yourself into a hole. And the same goes for the left too. I mean, there's a whole bunch of, there's like new middle emerging because some of the left views have gone so far left with the Antifa people that, you know, one guy I'd like quite a bit, like Dave Rubin mm-hmm. used to be uh, what on the Young Turks and yeah. considered himself, you know, progressive liberal. All right. And now, like, uh, like he seems centrist. Yeah. People even, have even accused him of being right because right. the, the yeah. left has gone so far left. But um, so I think I think this really does apply across the board. Um, well, I, I think. Uh, to your point, Trump probably did some of that. Maybe he was trying to appeal to some of the right. Or, of course, there are other accusations of he was just straight up intentionally doing a um, southern strategy kind of thing to try and incite the racism and mm-hmm. and rile people up. Which there there could be some truth to that too. But I think it is. I, I think it's going to bite him in the butt. I think for sure you see all of the conservatives. Uh, I don't know that they were louder, but they were certainly. Um, projected more like their reactions to Trump and condemnations of him and his mm-hmm. reactions to Charlottesville. The Republic, the conservatives have been extremely vocal. So I don't see a lot of the, at least the mainstream conservatives making that mistake right now. Um, right. I think they're calling Trump out for making that mistake and, and for not, uh, well, yeah, not being, not calling evil what it is, I guess. Um, if you want to use that word. It's all interesting stuff. It's a, it's a scary world, especially if you, if you take them at their word, and uh, when they say they're they're just getting started, and we haven't seen anything, mm-hmm. shit could get a little crazy. Yep, and that's that's kind of my. I'm not necessarily a Armageddon, you know, warrior type person, but the. Uh, you know, the more outrageous each side keeps getting, uh, that, that's what I'm afraid of, is, you know, you have one act of violence here, spawns another act of mm-hmm. violence somewhere else, and then um, before you know it, it's just constant, right. you know, small-scale small scale warfare. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and I think we're going to probably take some, I don't know, probably maybe we won't from whoever listens to our episodes, but... Um, I think the idea of saying of what we did here so far, which is address both sides of the issue, you're going to take some heat mm-hmm. because obviously um, the uh, the Nazis struck hard, struck fast. But I think we got to remember too that this has been escalating for a while, even right. going and going back to the shooting at the baseball field where the mm-hmm. uh, Bernie supporter attacked Republicans. So I mean it's. I'm not, I'm not saying that both sides are fair. Clearly, I do not agree with um, with the the racist side of things at all. Right. But well, I, I don't want to bend over backwards. Like I'm going to call yeah. out a bad idea if I think it's a bad exactly. Idea. I think right. both sides have horrible ideas, and right. um, I don't want to ban either side from saying what they're going to say. If you're going to hurt people, then that's not okay. Yeah. But um, and I'm not going to justify that or back that up in any way. But the same time um you know that that's all we have all we can do is talk to each other right um and like present a case 
and um, at the end of the day, just hope enough people can have enough dialogue and engage yeah. with with each other enough. And um, I think there's other ways. I mean, it doesn't have to be. You can do it, at, you know, creatively. And they, just like that Vice documentary, you know, a 20-minute thing right. of just plain shot footage, nothing fancy about it, but just being there. Yeah. You know, if that's the way someone wants to be engaged or, um, you know, whether you're a nerd like me and you want to go read philosophy or psychology books and so nerdy lectures, <laughs> but, um, Chase sent me an hour and a half video <laughs> lecture today by Jordan B. Peterson <laughs> and I made it like 12, 13 minutes in and it was on, it was on this personality stuff, which I get, I fully understand how it connects, but man. It reminded me the beginning he was talking through the different personality traits and uh, or the personality types and what traits are associated with it. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of that book in the Bible where it's like so-and-so begat <laughs> so-and-so. And I just like <laughs> yes. tuned it the fuck out. I was like, I don't even know what he's saying right now. <laughs> I could follow along if I wanted to, but man, it was losing me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what you do for fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you said you had to watch it a few times to understand. That was the it all. second time today I had watched that. Oh my god, Chase! <laughs> I've seen that course uh, once this year already, and I'm working my second <laughs> way through the whole course again this year. And I've seen Holy the uh, older courses last year, but yeah, oh, but yeah, I'm a super obsessive nerd. Yeah, so. you're an insane person. Um, but uh, I shoot. Nazis on Wolfenstein <laughs> on the PlayStation for fun, and you're like, <laughs> you're like reading or watching courses by college professors for fun. Ah, <laughs> uh, nerd. All right, so I don't know that I really have anything else on this. Um, yeah, I man, I think it's it's uneasy because I don't. It's I think it's complicated, and I I want it to be simple. You know, right. I kind of miss the days where I could just say, "Well, that's evil." You know, yep. and it it was a much cleaner cut, and I'm not even saying that those things are wrong, but I'm just saying that's that's not where I'm coming at it from anymore. And I, for me to make sense of this personally, you know, just for my own walk in life and my own worldview where I'm at, like this is kind of just the best I can do right now. Yeah, and to try and um, maybe be work in some humility and say, well, there's. You know, so so much more that I don't know than I do know. Yeah. Maybe trying to like just kind of grasp at all these different, you know, all these different fields of inquiry and, um, and I don't know. Like, it's just, it's just so messy. Yep. And I hate not just not being able to say, well, I, I hate this and I hate that. This is good and this is bad and that's right and it's wrong and, um. But um, I mean, I'd like to maybe we could get to that point as a society together just maybe through a more um, arduous path, I guess. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it's confusing. And, it, you know, like I said, it just, it just makes me really sad. Like, um, you know, I can understand how some people are up in arms and angry. It just, just makes, like we were watching that video, I just want to cry. Like, yeah. that's that's the best I can... <laughs> the best I can do because I don't really um, I don't really know what the answers are and uh, and I'm you know my yep. temperance I don't really think anyone else does either and so well and the shitty part is there might not be an answer right there might not be anything that 
can be done to, well, we've already said we're not getting rid of racism, so we know there's no answer to that. There's just minimizing and trying to deal with it as much as possible. So trying to minimize the pain. What is it? Uh, what was that quote we saw the other day about? Uh, shit, I'm completely blanking on it. The camo and the other. Yeah, the yeah. other guy where he was saying something about. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to read up with my guy because I actually hadn't heard of him. Yeah, ah, God, I'm completely blanking on it here. But uh, he was basically <laughs> saying something about my anguish could destroy the earth or something. <laughs> Bring fire upon the earth. <laughs> if you thought conversations kill was depressing, yes. Uh, oh, this was the this was another one that's directly related. <laughs> one of the greatest delusions of the average man is to forget that life is death's prisoner. <laughs> uh, that was Emil uh, Chiorin, C I O R A N. I don't know how to say it. But, uh, He's pretty fucking dark. Yeah, in a very poetic, yes, f- flashy ways. Yep. Um, time is heavy sometimes. Imagine how heavy eternity must be. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a happy go lucky guy. <laughs> Tears do not burn except in solitude. <laughs> I just want. We need to start a company with just fortune cookies. And- <laughs> Just quotes quote. from him and Kimu and stuff. <laughs> Knowledge is the plague of life and consciousness, an open wound in its heart. <laughs> so remember, uh, kids, love each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's what better way to end it than a good hearty laugh at some extremely existential pessimism. Well, I don't really have anything else on this, do you? No. Any final I mean, final thoughts from Chase? Yeah, like we always say, just uh, love each other and, uh, you know, can't control what other assholes do, but maybe we can control how we treat each other and, you know, love mm-hmm. and empathy and humility and a few beers maybe. and Amen. Some uh, discussion on a Wednesday night. There we go. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, so this is a little bonus episode, so hopefully you enjoyed it and didn't fall asleep or turn it off. or uh, Hopefully, uh, yeah, whatever. Hopefully you listen to it. <laughs> that's, that's a great way to end a podcast. So I hope you listen just to this. try. <laughs> just in life, just, I guess. Yep. Uh, have a good day. Hug somebody, drink a beer with somebody, and have a good conversation. Take it easy. Peace. Since the victim sold on a lie and a change melody, we bow our shows down our throats and our youth grow raised to never know their potential.